Hello everybody and welcome to episode 58 of Competitive Magic with the Carnies. I'm your host from Italy, Andrea Mengucci, and joining me we have Javier Dominguez from Spain. Hello everyone. And Anthony Lee from Australia. Hola. I have noticed the love for the past episode that was very clickbaity, the... Um, uh, what is had to be done uh, with scam and people loved it so you know if you are if it's the second time you listened to our podcast coming from that one i have to say that that was just a, a one time i'd say that we were so much uh uh you know clickbaity or anthony how anthony will make sure that you know those things happens once every 57 episode is that right good good yeah okay <laughs> Today is going to be a much more relaxed episode. We are warming up a little bit before the Eternal Weekend. And uh, I, I don't know if you guys had done anything cool or are looking forward to anything cool. But have you guys played any pre-release the past weekend? Um, yeah, I played one. It was, it was fun. Um, I quite enjoyed this set. It was, uh, there's a lot going on. Um, so that's a little tough. But once you get through that, it's the, there's a lot of good gameplay. You know, well, first impressions so far. But I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did not or play them. You have here. No, I did not play for release. I stayed home playing um, Constructed. I actually played the Legacy Challenge, yeah, since on screen, where I went 5-2 and two with my own take on the, the Wiki control deck, um, basically putting some Beanstalks. And it's strange because I went 5-2, which is actually okay, but I didn't feel the deck was great, so I'm actually not sure if I should play it or not. I'm open for feedback. Like, do you think this deck is good, Mango? Yeah, yeah, for sure. This is a great deck. The only thing that scares me is that the Eternal Weekend is uh, capped at 750 people all in one day. That is mandatory 10 rounds of Swiss, where if you got two draws, you need like eight, like, yeah. I don't know. That scares me so much. I, I would honestly never consider a deck like this, but I think it's... Very well positioned, especially since in paper people are more likely to play Delver Day's deck, even if they're, I don't think they're particularly good in the metagame at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I'm not this concerned about drawing, but I'm, yeah, I'm concerned about being tired after so many rounds, if that's a concern too. Uh, yeah, that yeah. is uh, for sure something, but I mean, I guess you, now you have four Thelingas and the one ring, which closed the game very quickly once you snowball. Like, you don't have to just be there with seven cards against none waiting because you just close the game very like, much faster than before, right? Yeah, no, definitely you do. Uh, also, like, it's like, I have not play for release because there's a Thelma Weekend, but there's also the Arena Qualifier, which is historic, and there's Showcase Mox Challenge in the same weekend, so I'm in a position <laughs> where I, w I had, like, to think for, for, like, you know, potentially, like, five formats of different decks, and I also have the Modern Super League uh, today. I actually am playing tonight, so I was like, okay, I have so much to test for. I don't want to play too much. So I was like, okay, let's keep it constructed for this week, these days. <laughs> so I did not go to Perlis. What about you, Mango? Yeah, I I mean, I've, I think this is the first Perlis I skip in so long. Uh, it was my a girlfriend's birthday on Friday, so we did some cool things on Friday, the Saturday, Friday and Saturday. And then on Sunday, I went to an RCQ, which, uh, you know, in Europe, even if you're qualified to the RCQ, you can still go to the RCQ. And uh, I managed to... 
split the final, as in I reached the final and then uh, conceded to the other player so that uh, you know, he would go to uh, the RC. And I got my nice and sweet Death Shadow promo, which now I have three foil Death Shadow and three regular Death Shadow. So um, I definitely became an RC, an RCQ grinder. Uh, and yeah, I decided to play my, my own take on Mono Black. Uh, this is something that I have been very vocal about, like the changes on Mono Black. People seem to, like it's crazy, you see the Mono Black decks on uh, MTGO and they're like all the same. It looks like it's just a bot playing uh, the same list. They don't even change a card. Uh, but I think that there is uh, definitely a lot to explore. And uh, I actually I'm curious to know your opinion because I don't think I've ever asked you. So I have shaved one Cabal Coffers and one Urborg. And I think that is because oftentimes, not oftentimes, but like I had a bunch of hands with Swamp, Cabal Coffers, Night's Whisper that I was forced to mulligan. And, and that would like be a great hand, like, you know, like Fatal Push, Night's Whisper, you know, whatever, Shield Red, the One Ring. But, you know, that type of hand obviously you can't keep because if you don't draw another land, you can't cast a spell on turn two. So I decided to take away a little bit of the, uh, how can you say, explosiveness or like, uh, getting the combo on from turn four on, but in exchange having like the fourth land not be exactly Urborg to cast your ring, you know, things like that. Like, what do you think about that change I made? Anthony first. Mm, I don't think I would have made it. I mean, you, you mean it's, it's still it's still taps for mana on turn four, so <laughs> there's a fairly specific window in which it doesn't work. I would say, I think your deck is just underpowered if you don't have. Something like this to go over the top of other decks, like I don't know, four color or whatever. Mm. I mean, I I understand wanting to cut it because of consistency issues, which I do think the mono black deck has. But I think that's one that I, where I would be, I would just take my lumps. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I think there's a little bit more to impact in that because you not only did cut some of the two lands, but also did cut the thoughtsies. Right to make it more like a streamlined deck where you have more whispers and more removal. Is that correct? I think that's what you did exactly, wasn't it, Mango? Yeah. So this yeah. is the list from uh, yeah. this uh, Italian player who has been done very well recently, uh, Enrico Mercurio, and he has played no Totsis so that you don't have any bad cards against Cam. And not that Totsis is necessarily a bad card against Cam, but the way the matchup against Cam goes is that you go to top deck mode every time. Like it's very rare that you know you don't find yourself in that top deck mode scenario and uh, both of you actually how my funny enough how all my uh, my games against count went and i was very happy to not have thoughts and have the night's whisper also play against uh, merc tide and very happy with the four whispers so you know that's the that's the reason for not having thoughts no i know yeah i mean that i think that's given if you look at the deck list uh what i wasn't wanted to say is okay. well do you cut thoughts because of those reasons and those reasons are actually like uh, cohesive with the fact that you cut the lands because I mean the lands are there to so your deck is good when the matchups are bad like let's say you play against a matchup that's like a stack based where removals are bad and then your deck is embarrassing right uh, what happens there is if you have thoughts is an explosive start you can actually come back but I think neither is enough so you probably need disruption plus a good Tron hand and here you're trying to make your deck more functional and better against the scam decks and decks are similar to that Whereas you're kind of giving up in a way, if you know what I mean, like giving up matchups where those cards are good. So I think it's actually very classic. Like if you decide Tatis is bad, 
I think it makes sense to actually make the deck so you function more because you're not trying to steal games by being explosive. You're just trying to work as this like control deck where your over the top plan is to just carn with cable coppers, but you're not aiming like if you have a hand in this deck that's just removals and card advantage, you're happy, you know? You don't need to tron anymore. So I actually think this makes a lot of sense. I like it. Yeah, and also the sideboard duress over Leyline is another thing that I enjoy because, of course, I don't have Thoughtsies, but I still want some Discord spell in, like, honestly, just almost every other matchup outside of Scam, which makes you think, well, then should you just be siding them out? But I think that Scam is consistently the most popular deck, and um, so, yeah, I just really like to be main decked against that. Um one talisman <laughs> no yeah i changed it i changed it actually this is the one change that i i, I walked back i put the one troll of kazandum from this picture because what i do usually is that i take this picture when i build the decks which is like a few days before and then so sometimes like this deck picks are slightly different but yeah also i walked back another change uh one ring in the side and just play three in the main three shieldred because this deck unlike tron actually uh, doesn't have that much, um, that many payoffs. So uh, often, like you, you draw one payoff or like one payoff remained because they discarded everything else, and you want to go card and get the ring. Um, whereas maybe Tron has like so many other payoffs that you don't mind. Uh, just Karn is gonna get you something else uh, uh, because you also have Tron, which is more. Oh, sorry, you have Tron more likely than this deck. And, and yeah, so but also another problem with coffers that Anthony said, like, um, coffers still adds you four mana. Uh, sorry, adds, adds, adds one mana. So coffers add one mana if you have three other swamps, which isn't a given, like, at all. If you have, uh, you know, seven demolition field effects on, you know, on turn four. So maybe coffers adds mana on turn four, even if you don't have Urborg, yes, but sometimes it doesn't. So that is my problem with... Uh, we're playing too many of those effects, but, you know, again... To, to be fair, I think, fair, this, I think, I think you can like... solve that by playing few of the fields. <laughs> I mean, that's not... It's not a given you have to have seven, right? Yeah, exactly. You you are... Uh, you mentioned this often. I don't know if you mentioned it on stream or just in the Carnage Discord that you want to splash a color. I remember a uh, player top hated the PTQ on Magic Online with splashing white for prismatic ending and didn't play any demolition field. Uh, playing Fetchland, turning on the push better and the cling to dust better which is a, a good thing for sure but also was able to beat Murktide in the long game stone raining all the red mana i beat a four color rhino stone raining all the red mana and the same thing i didn't play against four color but the same happened against four colors since you stone rain like they have three red sources or four maybe and you just kill them all so they can never play a red card um so yeah this is something that actually comes up, and uh, I think it's one of the reasons why Four Color does well. Uh, sorry, uh, Mono Black does well against Four Color. Mostly, mostly Karn get the Sundering Titan. That is mostly the reason why you do well. But uh, the the Storm Raining Red is also a, a cool addition to that. But um, yeah, this weekend uh, something else happened in America. A big a big event, the SCG Pittsburgh, where a player dominated uh, both. Because there were, I think, three main event. Sorry, one main event, like three large events, let's say, and they were daily. They 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 don't split them in two days anymore. And it's Travis Brown, Ooh. again. Yeah. Right. Like like, why is not everyone yeah. playing Solitude in Hammer if this person's been doing this forever <laughs> and winning again? Like every every few weeks, we go like, yeah. I mean, there's you know Solitude there. 
Uh, uh, why strict proctor? Yeah. What does it do in the format? Fury? So strict proctor is here for, uh, I would say uh, you'd break this in against the four color uh, beans because it stops both the line binding and solitude or rather slows them down. It's also good against uh, uh, Amulet Titan. I believe uh, it stops every single oh, Amulet triggers. It stops hmm. the Amulet shenanigans. All right, yeah. that's great. It also, it oh, also a is a non-bow with Stoneforge Mystic, which sometimes I've seen my opponent doing that. And that wasn't great. I guess fortunately you know, also. I mean, this is this, this is the number with Sigardas eight, also. Whenever permanent enters the battlefield, cause the trigger to ability to counter. That yes, I think. Uh, so. Yeah, right? yeah. Maybe you can just pay the two. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's not as bad as the Amulet yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously not great. Yeah. But. And also, splitting three corset totem, which is the highest amount of corset totem I've ever seen in a sideboard. Well, well I mean, I mean that got better yeah. than it ever has been, right? To be fair, it's also like, it's also like Jamoth is the worst matchup for uh, for Hammer among yeah. the most played decks, so it makes sense. You build a card that's you know like sad unless they kill it, may as well just play three and you know you can also yeah, protect and, it with uh, he, you know some of the cards here anyway. Yeah, so. I think I think like Curse yeah. Totem has never been good against more than one deck before, but now we have both Yorgmoth and Scales that are kind of popular, so I think um makes sense that we sync Curse Totem finally. And he beat uh, Corey Baumeister in the final, your future uh, top four competitor of the super, uh, modern Super League. Uh, Corey has been playing Rakdos Cam for a very long time. I'd be surprised if he doesn't play Scam today um, at the modern Super League. I mean, to have here, but you know, anything could happen. I believe he's in the bracket opposite of you, so he's playing Sp Spike. Yep. Well, my fish in the finals. The... Yeah, it's me against Canister yeah, and Spike against Corey. So we'll see. We might yeah. face the finals or in the like, you know, third and fourth place match. Yeah. You know, it's like and, uh, unpredictable. <laughs> yeah, and um, notably, all of these scam decks that made uh, that did well this weekend, none of them plays Molten Collapse, which is the new removal spell that was already legal last weekend. Uh, so they decided that uh, you know Terminate was better, um, which you know I guess it could be like being an instant speed card is is huge against. Uh, a plethora of decks, but today I played a. I didn't play like Rakdos Camp plus Molten Collapse. I played a slightly different build, which maybe we can talk about. But also I played Molten Collapse in, and I, I, I never got to kill any permanent, but I got to kill a Grist, which is something that uh, Terminate doesn't do. And sometimes you know, a Grist if you don't have a Fury could be annoying, but you know it's not that uh, that is a bad matchup anyway. The 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 Yoke Moth, so you still probably win the game. But yeah, the, the, the build that was playing today, that maybe you guys can tell me what you think, uh, was playing Trumpeting Carnosaur. This is the new card from uh, Ixalan, um, which um, is a 6-mana, six 7-6 six, six trample. When it comes into play, Discover 5. Discover is similar to Cascade, although it triggers on ATB. It doesn't trigger on Cast. So if you reanimate this, you actually get the Discover ability. You put this in the graveyard via discarding this for three, and it deals three damage to a creature or planeswalker. So you can discard this to do its ability, and then you can reanimate it with persist. Uh, same thing you do with troll, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, this was, uh, I guess, uh, as a content creator, I, I, I can't always play the tier one, but this was a nice uh, new idea that I was happy to experiment with. I mean, the league I played with, honestly, I just drew so well that I, this this thing only came up once, and I probably would have won regardless. But uh, did you yeah, do the Fable plus Carnosaur? Because that that sounds actually powerful. Like, if you ever have <laughs> Fable plus like you know, like just a storm 
Storm Cascade copy return or whatever. Yeah, I you did. Nice. I have. A, I think I have a screenshot. I might not have a screenshot, but I do win the game uh, because I reanimate Trumpeting Carnosaur and I cascade into uh, Fable, and my opponent just concedes on the spot. And, no, um, what I mean, I mean is if you Fable Fable and you reanimate the Carnosaur, I, okay, okay. I would have got. I would got. I would have got there if they didn't concede. I think because <laughs> too, you know, too good. Yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, this is. Uh, Again, Rakdos Camp definitely gaining a new card in Molten Collapse. Uh, I remember Yuavir uh, says something on the line that uh, Iretsugu's, it's not great. Like, you don't like that card. And you would be happier to replace that card with Molten Collapse if you have to play a Cyber Slot like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Iretsugu is particularly good. But, yeah, I think Collapse is a card that might help Scam decks a little bit. Like, I'm not sure if it's going to be good or not. But definitely, like, if you look at the top 8 or top 16 of the tournament you showed before... Well, there are some decks where Collapse is better, right? I mean, I assume it's better against Hammer, against Hammer. Scales also. It's not given, but I will assume it is, because obviously Instant Speed is at premium against the combo decks also. But what do you think? I mean, I will say against Scales, like killing the Scales has to be better, right? I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe also it was not played because of card availability. I don't know how it works. On the yeah. Yeah. Availability never, shouldn't really yeah. be an issue for these events, I assume. Um, Even if the cards are new, like, I yeah. don't know if that happens. They, you can, okay. the, the vendors can just sell them, so it's fine. Like, ah, okay, so there shouldn't pick be a problem there. getting those cards. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's just not that implausible to me that it was a conscious decision. I mean, if they, if you just don't expect the specific decks that collapse is good against to be played, then you just wouldn't play it, which. I think it's totally reasonable that people could just have that uh, knowledge of the field that hardened scales would not be that popular and then decide not to play Molten Collapse, it seems. Yeah, also Omnath, for example, is a card. Because yeah, Omnath is a card where Terminate is better. Yeah, because that's also like a thing about these um, paper events, right? Like, it's more likely that people have an actual read on the field in that way that lets them say, okay, um, there's not going to be a lot of scale, so I can cut back on cards against that. That's much less true than for online events, I think. So that's much less true for online events, I should say. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't read too much into it. Like, we know why the card is good and when we would use it. And, you know, the fact that it's not... its I, I don't think it's, like, a broadly good card, right? I don't think it's just a card that just overall upgrades the deck so easily. It's just good in a specific spot. And, you know, if it, it wasn't played this weekend, it just means that spot wasn't true for this weekend. So, sure, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And Mango, what is five color animator? It should be the oh. the good old. Uh, I know. Uh, I see this thing. Well, what's this? Oh, the the yeah, true hero deck. Oh, okay, never mind. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's a cool deck though. I just I just got thrown because the first card I saw, my eyes just went to the Falaji archaeologist. I was like, whoa. What about the Grizzle brand? <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's, that's that too. Yeah, that. The winner on Friday was uh, Four Color Beans playing uh, Jace, which I always love to see. Uh, there's also... Um, Cosmic Rebirth? Yeah, the, what was that? Cosmic Rebirth. Uh, Cosmic Rebirth is the three mana uh, instant card that reanimates a permanent if it costs three or less. So you can put into play... Oh, and gain three life. Not bad. And you can put into play Teferi, you know, Bean, or... Yeah, that's it, basically. <laughs> Teferi and Bean, I think, is, is what... The, card aims at doing it. it's just a one-off i don't know shouldn't be 
too big of a deal. So this player, I think, is very high on the uh, il uh, inevitable betrayal in the cyborg. I think he even said it. he would love to play more than one. I think he, yeah, I, sure. I remember seeing his, his post. I think he, yeah, he made a, a longer tweet saying um, he liked the list and things like that. He was playing four Blobbered Elf and two Omnath. But yeah, this yeah definitely a deck that actually at my RCQ you know thirty two players last time I went there with Tron uh, I think that uh, Scum and Four Color were tied for most played deck like five copies and this one there was zero Four Color so you know all the Four Color players quit because quit, you beat them with Tron you beat them with Tron so they quit Four Colors yeah. right and they play Scam and then you pick coffers to beat the Scam you're genius well they knew they knew at yeah, thirty two players actually... the tournament would be too long to play Four Color. So they <laughs> wisely chose not to play it. Yeah, there were two mono black. No, not again, Anthony. Not and again. We, <laughs> and we both top forward. There were two mono black, and we both top forward. So, oh, nice. Yeah, good feel for it. I guess. Did well. Yeah. Um, another another tournament that happened in at SAG Pittsburgh was the uh, 5K Legacy event, and uh, my eyes go on the deck that uh, came ninth actually, Boston Roll, another uh, Legacy content creator. And he was playing a card that's not even legal on Magic Online. That is the Triumph of Saint Catherine. This card uh, works very well with the uh, Up the Beanstalk. It's a five mana five five Baneslayer Angel, basically. I guess it doesn't have flying. I should have said five five Life Link, and it has miracles. So you can just ponder on turn one, put this third, right, and then you can go land, do something, land. No, sorry. Miracle does. You can cast it on turn three. I guess that way you don't trigger beans. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a thing that you can cast off of beans uh, later for just two mana and draw a card. And he, was, he wasn't even playing Uro. He was playing three Triumph of Skin Tatharine. Okay, why is this so, card that good, this... Mingo? To illustrate me and us. Like, I think this card... I, th I think, like, okay, this is a, a turn three, five, five lifelink. Is that even, like, mm -hmm. power level play on Legacy? Like, why is... I, I see this card on the surface... It doesn't strike to me as very good. Uh, it looks to me like a better Sarah Avenger, like has Lifeling or whatever, but Sarah Avenger is like not close to be playable. Uh, why is this good? It's kind of weird, right? It's not a magical line, so people either assume that A, it's not good enough, or B, it's not there, but it's broken, so we should play it, you know? Why why is this good? I mean, it's very cheap and it triggers beans is like Lilan Binding, right? Two mana oblivion ring. Well, but two mana oblivion like, ring is better than three mana five five. I guess two mana five five. But... No, two mana. But like Oblivion Binding wasn't played before beans and now it is. And this might be similar. Like this card wasn't considerable before beans, but if it's a two mana five five that draws a card, now that's that's good. Also, I noticed that it has the it has like a, a randomly a Latin a Latin ability Presidium Protectiva. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, that ability. Random. I guess I'm assuming that ability is not a big deal. But <laughs> I mean, the ability is when it dies. Goes, I mean, yeah, when it, it goes dies, into the top six at random. I guess. Yeah, it goes. It like, goes into. It six. Seem like a big deal, but I'm I'm just looking mm. for things where we could be missing something because like. I assume if it was. I mean, you can you can cast it into speed with a brainstorm or a cantrip. That's yeah, cool. that's kind of nice. Like you, I you, guess. Ponder, you ponder, put it on third, and you brainstorm in combat, like, and just instead. Like, I guess, I mean, I've never played with the card, but I'm, I'm seeing, like, it's just kind of under. I mean, not, the stats are not bad, but it's legacy. Like, legacy, the power yeah, level of yeah, the card. Yeah, that's the problem. Are, it's stats, right? That's it. 
Yeah, like, it's just playing like, like a standard. It's, it's just stats. The stats are good, but it's stats. That's it. Uh, it's also not automatic to actually play the card. Like you have to miracle, otherwise it costs five. Which legacy? I yeah, you know. I mean, I, yeah. I would like to try the card at some point, but even if I play control, I don't think I'm interested in that effect. I mean, I wouldn't mind trying one maybe. But. And uh, the winner was uh, Alex Bastecki, which is definitely a name I heard from the past SCG, and he was playing the four color Uro. Uh, that isn't that isn't your, like yours because there's two uh, lines of Uro decks in Legacy right now. One is the one splashing red for four Thalingas and plays the one ring, and one is the uh, Ozymandias version with uh, Lilian binding up the Beanstalk, so splashing black instead of red for Okish ok Master. And I guess this one is maybe more friendly for paper play because I don't know. Um, why is that? Why is that? Uh, it's Faster, maybe. I will think this one's just lower, right? Because Eorlingas <laughs> actually ends the game on the spot. You're just Eorlingas for X is seven, and so you're for fourteen. You're dead. Yeah. Maybe this is better. I honestly have not played with this deck much or at all. And uh, congrats to uh, Robert Hires, who's uh, definitely must be a great player to finish that high with the mere scam, a deck I wasn't able to win a match with. That that's the first. Like, yeah, the, the next date's deck is at 15th place. But yeah, um, outside of that, this weekend there is uh, the, the Legacy Eternal Weekend. I have settled on a deck. Next week we'll definitely talk about it. Um, yeah, there is... It's going to be a long, long tournament. I'm excited for that, though. On, on Friday I'll be doing some uh, meet and beat events. So if you're listening to this and are coming to Prague on Friday at 1pm, you can, you can beat me and win some, 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 some Cortex Leaves. Probably playing some Legacy BO1. Uh, okay, guys. How about we move uh, to Standard to hear some of the how some of the new cards might might impact that format? Yeah, sounds sure. good. That's that that will make Anthony happy for once. <laughs> I mean, for once, I'm always happy. Okay. Uh... So Anthony, sh- <laughs> Anthony shared a couple of decks. Um, one is around the card Quintorius Kand, which is a planeswalker. I believe we mentioned this in the past episode, but let's read it again. Uh, the static ability says whenever you cast a spell from the exile, a Quintorius drains two life. So your opponent loses two, you gain two. Uh, what does it mean, casting a spell from the exile? Uh, it means um, the card Reckless Impulse and Brands Resolve. Oh, You're and playing adventures. the cards from the exile. Ad- and ad- adventures. Yeah. Okay. Very important. At plus one, you make a 3 2 token. Minus three, you discover four. And minus six, it's basically the old, uh, old Tibalt. No, it's not. We have this conversation in the other podcast. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> this just happened. Stop. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so uh, Anthony's deck is a Boris midrange deck. So you try to gain card advantage with Renzer's over Reckless Simples. Um, yeah, I don't know. You want to talk a little bit about this deck? Sure. I mean, like the Pia deck was one that was existing uh, before, but they tended to be a lot more aggressive, but I feel like they're not quite aggressive enough to fill that role in the metagame. So I thought maybe some of the new spells can let you try to do the Chandra light-up thing um, in standard again, where I think counter oh, yeah. spells might not work so well against Atraxa. So maybe mid-range, maybe exploring some kind of mid-range deck that has this kind of plan against uh, Atraxa decks or domain decks in general might be a thing. I mean, Quintorus is part of it, in that I think maybe the card is decent. Uh, like if you untap with it, maybe you can deal a ton of damage using uh, one of the Reckless Impulse effects, or 
any adventures. But I think it was more about I wanted to see if um any slower white decks would exist because of Get Lost. Um actually we'll talk a little bit more about uh Get Lost in general in a moment, I guess. But yeah, I was trying to explore different decks with Get Lost. Uh yeah, so I think this is, is like the maybe a game changer standard. Gone. No, I was just saying that Game Lost is Get Lost is a new removal spell. One in white instant destroys target creature or enchantment or planeswalker. It's controller create two map tokens. And map tokens is that artifact that you pay one, you tap, sacrifice, and target creature you control explores. So this is an up we've called this to be an upgrade to um the what was it called? The fate of Well kind of absence. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's not totally clear whether it is, but uh, most of the value is that it kills enchantments, which in standard are pretty important right now. Uh, whether two maps or a clue is better is not clear because if it um if if killing enchantments is not important, then this card is probably pretty close to Fateful Absence. Maybe it's better, maybe it's worse, but nobody plays Fateful Absence, so that probably wouldn't be a good sign for Get Lost. So we are we are kind of counting on killing enchantments being valuable here uh but i do think that's the case i mean you see wedding announcement virtue of loyalty leyline binding they're all uh super important enchantments in standard right now so i have high hopes we get lost i do think that if you play this card it's also like fateful absence in that you can't really be aiming to completely just grind your opponent out you need to have something to go over the top which is why i wanted to pair it with chandra light up the night or uh you know just burn in general so you can you know, just make it so card advantage doesn't matter too much. Um, yeah, my yeah. my problem my problem maybe here with this list is that Chandra Light Up the Night was something that you used you were doing in Rakdos mid range, and you were very easily able to discard Light Up the Night uh, with Fable or Blood. Whereas here might be just not a good card to draw now that you can't. Well, you can just, you can just cast it, it or as even well. I think that's reasonable to do. Like, I, I think Light Up the Night is like not that bad a card by itself. Particularly if you're going to play okay. the cards that Pia does um, that enable it to have a lot of reach naturally. So just fireballing out your opponent is not unreasonable. Uh, Pia on a console of Revival? Yeah. It's so, putting yeah. a card. another way it's a strong for card. you to ex yeah. exploit the those effects. Is there a world where you play Naya also for questing droid? Yeah, that's that what a lot of lists do currently, but I don't know. I, just, I feel like the splash is quite expensive. Um, like yeah. You often want to use a lot For of your sure. mana uh, because of the way the impulse effects work. So I feel like the green splash is not worth it. Similar to how we felt like Questing Groove was a pretty impressive card when we splashed for it in the green-black deck and it just wasn't quite good because butchered the mana to do so. Like Obviously it's not the same card here as it was there, but I had the same sort of feeling where I was like, oh, these, these tap lines really hurt here. <laughs> It is a strong card. Yeah, I mean, this, yeah. yeah. It, it's probably better to stick to two colors, but also, like, this could play some of the one drops. Like, at least some amount of Swiss Spears probably looks like yeah, something it might like be good, good enough. Yeah. Because you need one drop. Like, so many, like, impulses without one drop actually makes you feel uh, like you cannot cast impulse in turn two and still get one more play in turn two, you know, like, even removal. I think some wonders will definitely help here as well. I will yeah, say. I was wondering if you wanted like small burn spells, but small creatures could work as well. Like I was thinking about like play with fire, torch the tower type things, but Swiss Spear is more unconditional. Um, in that you know, flipping a play with fire, torch the tower is not always worth a card, right? If your opponent doesn't have a target. Yeah. 
That's even a mix, like maybe. Yeah. yeah, Swiss Pure also plays well with Virtue, right? Like, it does. With what Virtue? You can just, yeah, it does. Like, it's you, you, sweet. you can uh, <laughs> attack. Like, you can just go Swiss Pure into Virtue, and suddenly you are clocking, like, fast. Well, you still have all these grindy cards anyway. Yeah, that could be that could be good. Um, so that that would be a more aggressive direction again, so closer to the older Pia decks, but I could see that being very good as well. So there's a couple of different ways you can go um, with Quintorius, because I can also see Quintorius being a very good top end, right? Um, I do think you have to work to make his triggered ability good specifically. Like, I don't really care about the discoverability, for example. Like, you use it sometimes, but, like, we're playing the card because we want to untap with it and deal six damage with it. Um... Yeah. Yeah, you're actually right. It looks like Quintorius and Chandra might actually be players fighting for the same spot. Like, they do the same I in the deck, so. right? They, pro yeah. they provide you card advantage and reach, and it's very likely that one of them is better than the other. It looks I like Quintorius so. probably, sh yeah, should be better because Quintorius actually synergizes with the deck. Meanwhile, Chandra here, I mean, it's a good card, but it doesn't really. Feel it's just like awkward it to have an expensive spell. Yeah. Like, the main tension I have with it is that it's an expensive spell in a deck that really like once uh, as lower curve as possible um mm. like it's kind of rough to play. like you just never want to hit it off the impulses until like turn five right so uh yeah that would be the main tension i, I thought maybe you could try to just play a lot of them like i thought because well, originally i just had four quintorius because i just wanted to try the card and then decided i would try to split them instead and see if that worked but i do think it's likely that they're similar in that you don't you probably don't want both or too many of one, I think. Like, it, it's possible that four is just too many. I mean, maybe three Kintoris is enough to actually... Like, you're going to see a lot of cards in a deck like this. With eight impulses, you're going to, you're gonna you know, go dig uh, through your library. So you don't really need that much. Especially if your deck is, like, able to actually win games the first style. Like, you go Swiss Pier, Pia, removal, put a token, whatever. You know, and then you play Virtue. And you, you know, that, that might be enough to win games in the standard, right? I think so. So you don't really need to have these like heavyweight cards in your deck especially the main deck like obviously cyborg will be where you want them because you want them against like heavy interaction but this doesn't seem to be the world the standard living on so i will say it. this should probably be better a little bit more like uh you know streamline on one of the things and not try to just have those like low cards big cards because that's probably how you actually end being more weak to attracts than you know like you're trying to do this to you know have a better attracts a matchup but I think, ironically, it might end being, like, not as good. I don't know. If that well, I, mean, I think if you can fit Swiss yeah, it's definitely better than trying to change with them. Like, that's for sure. Like, literally the best thing you can do against Domain is start playing on turn one, I think. Because um, they never do. Uh, I just hadn't actually considered uh, Swiss Beer um, for this deck. Which, I think you could do it. Um, we'll see. I mean, I'm playing all formats the by the standard. You know, What's Anthony, that? so I, I'm playing all formats by the standard. So <laughs> <I can. laughs> I'm mostly playing Pioneer now, but um, I, I couldn't resist trying to throw together a couple of standard decks uh, after seeing the new cards. Um, there's so much you can do. The thing, the thing I'm afraid here is that you know playing five and six drops with eight Vren's Resolve Impulse might be a little bit bad. Like you just play one on turn three, I don't know, and you flip a six drop. It's like yeah, I yeah, wasn't sure, problem, because they're, like, bad to flip off them mm -hmm. earlier, but having them in your deck also makes it so flipping lands is much better. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I, I was, I was not sure which way to go on that. I would have to play a little bit to but see. If it, yeah, if, but if you look at your mind, you have four creature land, and even the mirror X, so it's, it's supposed to be okay, even if you just, you know, making sure you hit land drops. So you have, um, 
what is it the the heart flame dualist and the virtual which are again mana hungry yeah so i feel, I feel like it's a lot of um things to do with the mana but yeah the the reckless impulse rends resolve effects were uh i think it's just a super powerful effect that should be should be definitely more played like i think west android really showed how card draw can can, can they're just can all nice whispers that's a modern playable card you're gonna play eight nice whispers totally the same thing you don't lose <laughs> life even you know <laughs> and, and, you, and you don't draw a card just even better of, you know with all these orcs around yeah it's just it's a nice yeah. whisper that gets and, around shieldred that sounds so broken oh my god <laughs> yeah um what about the dinos deck you sent me this dinos list and uh so we, you remember we mentioned it on the podcast at the beginning, the Palani's Hatcher, the five mana five three, the you know the 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 dinosaur friend. Yeah, makes eggs or whatever. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of people who are excited about the dinosaurs cards in the new set, which makes sense. It seems like the most pushed tribe, and I feel like doing the ramp thing with it. Like I mean, it's natural to try to build a ramp deck with all these dinosaurs cards, uh, but I think that's probably not fruitful because it. All, all of the dinosaurs ramp decks look to me like they are worse domain decks because like whatever you ramp into is like always going to be like way weaker than a Traxxer, I think. Um, and the fact that a bunch of the dinosaurs ramp cards are creatures also makes you more interactable than domain is because it's much harder to interact with uh, Topiary Stomper and Invasion of Zendikar than Mana Dorks. So yeah, I, I didn't like the idea of ramping into the big dinosaurs. The cards that make me interested in playing dinosaurs are Ixali's Lawkeeper, which I think leans you towards being more aggressive than like an actual ramp deck. But the one ma- being able to play like a lot of like aggressive creatures and one mana removal is what I think would be a direction where I could see the dinosaurs cards being put to good use, as opposed to being a big ramp deck. So um, I think cards like Hulking Raptor are pretty promising. They're like powerful cards, but I don't really want to play them in a dinosaurs deck. I think like the best dinosaurs cards are cards like Pugnacious Hammer Skull. And triumphant chomp, so I want to maximize those cards instead. Like I just want to bash, basically. Um, yeah, I mean the hammer skull is just like good. Like it's definitely like this card just seems above average. <laughs> but so like it's, it's pioneer level, like pioneer level power. Yeah. Like it's a six six. Like if you manage to to make the drawback small, this is just like massive. I mean, so th- this is know. a three mana six six. Whenever it attacks, if you don't control another dinosaur, you put a stun counter on it, so like it doesn't untap. Yeah, yeah, but like yeah, but even if that's the case, it's not like super super bad, you know. Like obviously it's not great, but it's just like so large. It's just yeah. bigger than everything. You Let's can just play you know, it in. It's probably not that hard to have another dinosaur. I think. I mean, we just talk about like a two mana five five laughing being good in legacy, and this is a three mana six six, you know, for standard. So <laughs> stats can be good sometimes. Uh, like, looking for I think this... it's with an E mango belligerent yelling so that's a three so you have like a bunch of like really powerful nut draws with this deck so you could play um just try yelling mango uh yeah sorry you can so you can start with Ixali's Lawkeeper into Hammer Skull and then play any dinosaur after that which is pretty impressive like like for example like some of your nut draws are like let's say Lawkeeper into Pugnacious Hammer Skull into Rampaging Raptor attack with 10 on turn 3s you know it's kind of wild but this is wild. Like you play yeah. Mistlock and you you're a ten and you're dead next turn. Like, like yelling does you know. some some similar things. Though. Like it's not as explosive, but for example, yelling into Hammer Skull is also really impressive, right? You're attacking for six with your two drop. Like it's the mimic. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's just huge. a lot. Like like these cards are just very aggressive and they're good. I mean, I 
I don't know, like, they just seem powerful to me. Uh, they feel like across the most powerful cars in the set. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be good enough to be like a Tekken standard because these cars were like probably made still with a two-year standard in mind, right? Yes, uh, yes. So they were probably made to actually be good. In, like, they look to me like this deck will actually be good in a standard, in a two-year standard. Yeah. Uh, now, though, the standard... Yeah, like the bigger one, the, the, the power level really scales, scales up very fast because, you know, decks can shape weaknesses or whatever. And this deck will not be able to do that because they're not like bridge dinosaurs that are older or at least like not very good ones or whatever. So, you know, I, I think this deck might not see as much play as it will have without the changes. I think that's good. I mean, that's just, that would be true for most like linear decks, I think. Which Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but this one, you know, imagine if it was like a six set standard or five decks, yeah, this, set, this, five yeah. sets, and you're like, you know, turn to six six and play, no drawback. The yeah, the biggest things that I would, the main thing I just want to highlight is that I think this is the approach to dinosaurs that you want to take and not a bigger ramp one. Like you want to actually attack and exploit cheap rule because I think that's fundamental to standard in general. Like it's very rare that a deck is good and doesn't isn't able to like exploit some kind of interaction, right? Like if you look at every good standard deck in for I don't know how long, they're all like specifically have an excellent removal spell or interactive spell that makes them good to play. You know, don't matter. You have leyline binding, cut down, make disappear, whatever. And so I think it's very appealing that this deck gets to play a lot of specifically cheap removal because bushwhack lines up very well with the cheap dinosaurs, cheap and large dinosaurs, right? And they actually printed triumphant chomp, so maybe you can outtempo other creature decks this way. Um, yeah, and. I also wanted to emphasize like haste creatures as well, because otherwise I think this type of uh, creature deck can be very vulnerable to Sunfall, which is why, for example, I think Palani's Hatcher is a better card than Boho Dracosaur, despite probably being a little lower on power level in general. Um, or stuff like Kogel and Yadara, I just want to be able to uh, get back on the uh, get back on the attack after a Sunfall, which was a theme that also came up with the black green deck. But you know, it's easier to do it here because you know once you a red creature deck, you can just play haste creatures and have that done. Other than that, there's like, not... I mean, this this is relatively self-explanatory, right? Like, once we get past the concept, I think dinosaurs should be aggressive, then I don't know, there's not that many dinosaurs. You just play <laughs> all the good ones on curve, right? Well, here you're, you're, you're playing one, one thing, one concept I want to talk about one second, Mango, is like, here, you're playing one thing is haste creatures are actually a synergy pieces, usually, in terms of like deck building, where it doesn't matter which limited constructor, whatever, haste cards actually synergize with other haste cards. So the more haste creatures you have, the more valuable it is to actually have creatures with haste, which is not the case for abilities like flying or whatever. You know? I think it's something you can see here. Yeah, that's actually yeah, true. And I you mean, want to curve out so it's similar to you how burns so much sometimes. that you go on. Yeah. No, I'm just saying that you want to curve out so much that you don't even play for Restless, uh, the creature land, the Gruul creature land. Uh, yeah, which also because that one just isn't... Supposed to be... You know, it's just not that exciting a rate. But yeah, I think you don't want to play many. But it's also because I budgeted Bushwhack as a tap land. So you really can't afford too many of them. Bushwhack right. sounds better than this land, actually. I think so, yeah. <laughs> still probably yeah, so like still probably worth a two-up, though. Yeah, I think that the might like, kind of fit one, the... but you know. Um, yeah, the Wilds of a Drain Cycle is so much better than the. Is it? Than this one. I think they're kind of equal. Maybe Eldrain's a little we'll better. 
see. I and mean, we'll talk about this also in the last podcast, right? Cottage yeah. is another level. So c- cottage obviously spoils the average. But if you yeah. ignore cottage, not necessarily. Maybe not. They're all kind of, yeah, they're not speed. that different. I don't know. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I think if you know cottage, they're all kind of like maybe the white green can actually be good. Uh, I like the white green one a lot. Yeah. Oh. yeah. That's, yeah. that's a very powerful effect to have hiding on a land. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, because you can just curve yes. out and then bam, you know. Make it's also because like six. Yeah. There's there's a lot of natural like the good, the generically good white cards already support going wide, right? Like, you don't really have to, like if if you put I don't know. Um, any of these other cards, you know, you have to do a little bit of work, probably. But with, like, uh, Restless Prairie, like, I don't know. What do I have to do? Play Wedding Announcement and Virtue of Loyalty and Wandering Emperor in my white deck? Like, okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah the, think... green, the green blue one is actually good. Also, but it doesn't have a deck. Or a, yeah, it's, it's a really hard. Combination in standard. Like, it's a bad color combination. If the green, bl- if the green blue one was, like, green-white or black-white or whatever, probably it would be very busted. good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's, I think this one's actually... Very good as well, but it's just like a bad color combination, which is a lot of different thing. I feel that happens a lot to blue green, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, blue green is just a not good combination in standard. Well, they tried to fix it um, for a little while, and then I think people decided. Well, they did print. They had to print some <laughs> good people decided that well, they, were, they didn't yeah, enjoy that, no. that much. So I mean, I, I the back to back, like back decks, uh, Ura Oko. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's either it's usually either very bad or like completely busted. <laughs> it kind of makes sense because like they, if they're the colors with the least interaction and that don't naturally synergize the best, it kind of makes sense that they're more feast or famine, right? Like because when they're too good, when it's actually good, it's probably because something was like way too good. Um, yeah, it does make sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, yeah, where black green or black red or whatever, they're always like fun combinations, standard. Not yeah, always, but you know what I mean. Naturally combine well. Um, yeah, I don't know. There yeah, was nothing to say about the dinosaurs deck other than that one key point, I think. But yeah. I'm kind of optimistic about it. Maybe you I'll guys... play some standard events this weekend and see. Oh, nice! Back yeah. to the you know the grinding. A little bit, also because you know it's nice to mix. Because like it's nice to play more than one format at a time. I think it creates good variety, and and so like I would like to play standard and pioneer for a, you know for a while. So it's good. I don't have to, I don't worry about old formats. Yeah. So. It's all good. Like, like it's almost like historic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't want to have to worry about stuff like that. I mean, it's got historic. Look, it's got historic. Literally means old. You know, I don't well, have to worry true. about historical legacy or vintage five formats. It's a lot of pressure, Javier. You're putting yourself under a lot of pressure. I'm just chilling. You know, I get to enjoy some new cards and not worry about. Uh, but what about what about the fact that historic is a way younger format than modern? That's, it is. It is. A bit I, I'm not odd. judging the names, but I'm saying the names are a little bit maybe not very accurate. What's going on in the formats? Well, I think I'm modern just, just being called modern is a bit weird, anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I just realized this. Like, who? Well, it made sense <laughs> at the time. Right? Oh, I did. Yeah, I'm not saying, but maybe. I, mean, I, I guess you just don't, don't change the names of the format anymore. But it's like it's like the adult people called junior. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's it makes sense that they're junior when they're grown up, but you know they're still called junior when they're forty-five or whatever, right? Makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, uh, do you have any plan on playing any of the mox events this weekend on Magic Online, or do you just uh, don't really play too much of that? Um, I'll play. I'll, I'll maybe I'll play some regular challenges or whatever. I don't know. Ooh. I don't I mean, the showcase challenge are, are like 3M for Anthony. So Yeah, it's a yeah, special occasion, easy, you know. know. I'm interested enough in trying some standard decks. Like might not be these, you know, I'm just gonna keep trying to throw a bunch of things at the wall and see if anything, you know, take a shine to anything over the week. 
Yeah. Well, I'm going to look at your shortages, though. And I have a question. Like, okay, so I'm going to play in the tunnel weekend. So I'm going to bring my laptop. So if I, you know, do bad, I will probably just play from the laptop on the most challenges. So what would you guys recommend for me to play in modern and in pioneer showcase challenges considering this situation? So don't tell me to play Rag the Sacrifice because I will time out probably. <laughs> um, you know, what would you guys recommend I mean, you have to one, play? You have literally one listener. option. If you're going to put those constraints... You have literally one option for modern, right? So do I have a lot of them, right? What? I mean, ones that ones that you won't risk timing out. I mean, I, I mean, I'm playing on a laptop. I'm not playing like, like I'm playing. Five, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I don't want to play a deck that you will. I don't want to play four color beans. Yeah, so like, I what's a good out, deck but, where but, you won't time out? Because well, I could play Rhinos. I could play Burn. I could play Tron. I could play a lot of decks. Yeah, actually. you like, you play Burn at the last. Um... I did, yeah. I actually succeed. That was a very, very different context. Like it was, yeah. I, know. I would be very I happy, know, but I'm just saying. I would be very I happy know, to sanction playing burn in that particular scenario where you're metagaming against somebody, but in like a bigger yeah. tournament, uh, you know, really not. Not a big fan, it. yeah. But I could play Rhinos or Tron or whatever. Like I, I don't know I'm just all ears. If you guys think I could also play the Coffers deck, I guess. Right, it's probably like that's, I think you might time out with Coffers, low, honestly. Though. That, those games go quite long sometimes. Classical uh, Luxu. I don't know. I, I think... Actually, Hammer... Like, I think everything but Omnath and Jagmoth, I will probably play. Definitely Scam as well. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, I thought it was obviously Hammer. Scam. <laughs> if you... Well, I could play Scam. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm asking. Like, I'm really asking. Like, oh, then I would I, say play Scam, I guess. Scam? All right. Yeah, I mean, it's safe choice and, like, don't have a ton of time to dedicate to it. And... I can also play Hammer, though. This hammer deck looks great. It's so tough. I don't know. Is it tough though? Why it's is it tough. tough? Yeah. Three turn three turn game. I love that. <laughs> three turn game if you're whitelisted, yeah. <laughs> Boom. Well, either way, I, I mean if you pass in turn dying, that's that's fine. No, it's not okay. the, the tough games are like really, really so, tough, right? Well, I play a lot of modern, so I'm I'm happy you did play with it all a lot already, decks, I guess. But I'm but pioneer. Well, well, I should I play don't know. pioneer. If I, if I was playing constraint. a deck without the ability to dedicate much to it, I wouldn't want a deck that was good at giving Difficult spots because even if you've played them a lot, like you're still going to want to uh, try to navigate them carefully, right? Well, I can play I, like the thing with laptops or whatever is like sometimes the lag or something, but I can still play. Like, I plan to play the tournament focused, so I don't mind okay. playing a deck that's challenging, but I mind to play like I don't want my deck to be click intensive. That's oh. that's the only no no. But once I'm pretty sure some people must be in this spot, right? Before some of the listeners they travel for work or whatever and they're playing like you know. Sending the hot on the laptop. So, like, I think being click intensive is the actual dangerous thing. Obviously, you can struggle by focusing, but I think that's a different thing, though. All right. I guess that opens you up a little bit more from black red, but. Yeah, yeah I'm saying, like, a sca- uh, like Hammer would be a good deck for that, like, Infect or whatever, you know, like, this would be a good deck in that context, but never, like, something like. Yeah, I think Yamoth will be bad because Yamoth is, like, you have to click, 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 yeah, click, and click, ignore, and, yeah, and then Endurance yourself and whatever, you know. So, well, well should I play in Pioneer this weekend and complete the mocks, which, so honestly, Pioneer, Pioneer is the day of vintage, so probably it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, in Pioneer, I have two suggestions. One is the Boris Convoke, which has been doing extremely well. Some people are high on Regal Bunicorn. I believe the Brazilians uh, RC had uh, the winner and then a top hater both at four. Some at least have cut it. Um, or 
And what I suggested to uh, my teammate at the when we played the team event, my teammate who didn't play much Pioneer, not that you haven't, but just saying, I, I, I suggested him Gruul, which is also a very fast deck and with uh, some, some very good results on Magic Online. So th those are my two, two suggestions. Okay, I like both. They're both perfect. So which one will recommend me to play among these two? There's a lot of hype about this Warden of the Inner Sky now, right? Like, now the card is actually released and people are playing with it. I'm hearing Sorry, a lot of good things it? about it. What is it? The Warden of the Inner Sky, the what? one mana, one, two from this new set. Uh, it's a human soldier. Oh, yeah. And it can get counters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I brought it up. I brought it up on the channel, on, on, on the podcast. Yeah, so... This combo playing I mean, this, card, this, this deck has a new card you can try out, I guess. So... Okay. How about this one? Okay, I will probably play it then. I mean, hopefully I will do well in Vintage. That's the, yeah, but that's never really part. under your control, is it? Well, no. Last thing I played, I just got... Like, you know. <laughs> no, sometimes, yeah. I mean, here, you know, before... When you go two years ago, I said here, like... I mean, at the beginning of the podcast, like, well, Vintage is actually slower than Legacy often, you know, because of the fan sex. Not anymore. That, like... Now with all these besiege decks or whatever, right? You get, there's there's a bunch of turn one kills flying around. So <laughs> I I feel like I could actually play Convoke and Vintage at the same time, and easily I will never have like you at know at the same time. At the same time, like it would be unlucky if I get two rounds at the same time because they're gonna be fast. <laughs> like they're both gonna be fast. Wow, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, like. even the <laughs> even the control decks. Like back in the days, control decks were just like. This beautiful matchup in Vintage, where it just would be like Drago all the time. But now, every deck plays Urza Saga, which... Fast. It's like, either you answer it or you die. It's yeah. just, Power oh, Creep is, land, is getting Vintage, somehow, like, funnily like, enough. <laughs> yeah, it's like, a land that can counter, can be countered, and like, either you wasteland it, or you have to win before that goes off. And it just um speeds up the game so much that uh, it's it's insane like the vintage gameplays it's just over like you open your hand and you might not get to play any card after it really yeah it is uh, it, it's yeah, fast I mean, it's fast and this beseech cool. one also beseech beseech is just like very good in vintage because you can okay. just beseech and then spell 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 jamoth will like actual jamoth will and then you know it becomes over and yeah, I've been turn one killed a lot this these two weeks playing some uh, some vintage. Like, uh, okay, yeah, wow. The, I mean, I didn't know anything. I, I mean, as usual, I know nothing about vintage, but that sounds. Well, I, I just say it as a joke, but I'm actually thinking like if I'm like five to one or something in the vintage, I can just try to play the pioneer round between the rounds because I think you know if the matchups are fast. Like if I'm playing against this deck, I'm either I'm often losing in turn one, so I just might end round in 10 minutes consistently. Like, I might just not even get eliminated in the Magical Line round. If, even if I'm playing the Vintage, I just can go play the Vintage and then maybe lose and then play Pioneer. So, oh, well, I might man, actually look, try. <laughs> yeah. Power yeah. Creep not getting Shieldred, though. Multi format superstar. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Shield. You can beseech into Shieldred sometimes if you're like tactical yeah. stacks. That That's very Besiege funny. was like super, yeah, Besiege was super hyped, right? But at the end, it was not very good in all, any format. But here it is. Like here it is actually good. Like good, good, Even good. In Legacy. I think I think Legacy Storm is a great deck. I mean, great I deck. So. Um, but if you look at the results of Legacy tournaments, it won the first tournament for the week or whatever. It's not like there's Besiege. You know, like it's not like it's the best deck no, or anything. No. You know, like it's not as good as we thought it would still... be. It might still be worse than Doomsday, 
even in vintage. Yeah. Yeah, but still, you got like the last challenges, there's none in the top eight. Like, there's no copies of the siege, but in vintage, it's very hard to look at for a top eight that doesn't have the siege. Like, it's, it's, I'm just saying, like, Ooh, the deck is see? very good. Oh, since we are in the uh, eternal uh, part of the of the talk, uh, the the new deck, the the Mississippi River deck with creative technique gets a new card actually in the last set. Which one? Which is the no, the Carnosaur, the Trumpeting Carnosaur. So Trumpeting Carnosaur is a six mana seven six uh, that has Discover five. So if you hit it off creative technique, you continue the chain. Oh. This oh, is a so it's like a Bunker Giant that they can actually play. Wow. Yeah, this is a removal spell that you can use to kill, you know, Archon of Emeria or yeah. just... Wow, this actually will make this like way less bad. Yeah. No, for mm. real. For no, real. That, that's, a for, uh, that's an improvement for real. Yeah, this this deck came second in the challenge. This is the creative technique uh, combo deck. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but like you cascade into this thing and you just... Well, they, they do if they listen to previous podcasts. So, you know... Yeah, you statistically... Uh, <laughs> Put your deck into play, you have Emrakul and Wonder, and you attack. And uh, this deck has huge problems, though. Like, there's like 100 zero. No, sorry. There's no 100 zero matchup. There is some 0 hundred matchups that are lands and like Upso spells. You just can never win if you play those matchups. Actually, I played a league and I played against two lands and Upso spells, and I don't play a single spell against them. And uh, so, you know, it has some flaws, but the Trumpeting Carnosaur. He's gonna make this deck better against like initiative and you know turns a channeler. I would say considerably better actually. Maybe a new namesake for the Connies. I mean it's six mana seven six, like they've even got the right size and everything. I mean I think this card is better than the old card. I think it's the best card. I mean clearly. <laughs> I think the it's the best Connie just, I ever painted. You know, <laughs> big dumb creature. I thought it was a, I thought yeah. I, I thought it was a five five and I thought it was better. Imagine now I realized it's seven six. Like, <laughs> man, I kind of, I mean, this card seems like it could just it's be actually playing every good. format, honestly. Like, <laughs> yeah, this could be good in a standard, also. Like, this is a good card, right? Yeah, like, it's, it's hmm. like picked up, uh, I, I picked Ooh, them I like up that up on, the, on the store. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't love, I don't love that art, but the store I go off has a lot of collective boosters, so they have a lot of those uh, that's pretty alternative normal, arts yeah. rather than the regular one. Yeah, they even the molten collapse that I got. It just doesn't sound like a magic card at all. I love, I love, the, I love, the, I love the style, though. Maybe this deck is good for the, the Town Weekend, the Cascade deck. This one. Like, look at this. It looks awesome. Like, oh. I don't know. That's I, an Anthony. Really that's like so much, so much of an Anthony card. Like, ah. Uh, the style it's is red and very black. unique. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> no, Javier, I, I, actually, I actually considered this. I, I, I did consider this deck. For the Eternal Weekend, because uh, Sean, uh, which is like the only person that plays this deck a ton of Magic Online, uh, Beekeeper, he says that this is good against uh, like the Blue Fair decks, which are going to be the most popular at the tournament. But just the fact that you have like game losses against lands and fast combo, I think it's too much. Like you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to play a deck that has game losses. Do mm, tempting me, Mango, yeah. tempting me so much. You don't, you don't know how much. <laughs> Also, I don't have a single card for this deck. Yeah, which... that's, that's also a very tricky part. Yeah. Also. Yeah. <laughs> like, how did you, like, ask? I thought about it. I was like, I'm gonna call if I decide Storm. to play this deck, do you, yeah, do you, can you lend me those cards? Like, no, I don't have them. I just yeah. play on Magical Line. All, all right, cool. Then. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I think it's worth considering if you have the cards, right? <laughs> it's it's quite cheap, actually. Like, if you have to buy it from nowhere, you'll only need the City of Traders. 
which I don't have. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. Oh, you don't. Anyway. Okay. Yeah, basically free for Anthony. Uh, I'm actually very excited for the Thermal Weekend. To be fair, like yeah, uh, I you for know, sure. Obviously, I don't know how much of a big deal it is for other people, but it's been a while since the last tournament. I feel it's been ages since Worlds. It's probably like two months or something. But also, you know, it has it, right? Two months is a lot. Of, I mean, two months is a lot without the tournament. So I'm actually very excited. And, you know, I can't wait to get turn one kill and vintage. Like, actually, I'm excited to be there <laughs> and just playing vintage. Like, okay. it's just I'm going to hold you to that. I don't want to I don't want to hear any complaints. Okay? No, I'm not you complaining. No, I, like, I am excited. Like, I'm excited to play Eternal Weekend. Like, I, I've never played in one Eternal Weekend. So I don't even know how, you know. Mano Mango has played in some, but I have not. And I think it's fun. Like... Yeah, I'm not yeah, looking, in, you know, like, I don't think I'm going to do very well, but I'm going to play some rounds or whatever. I've played in many of them, actually. Uh, yeah, I've played, uh, I think, at least three or four. As in my, in my town, there's a lot of vintage players. Actually, there's going to be four or five from my town that are going to brag just for vintage. Uh, some of them don't even have the power nine as much as they love. Uh, you know how many people with uh, vintage? Do you have an idea about that? Because I think Legacy is going to be a lot, but do you know vintage? I didn't check, no. Yeah. Ah, sure. Uh, whatever. Yeah. I'm just... See the oh. top eight. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> not about that, but the, the, the prizes are good of these events, for sure. We'll see. All right. All right. I, before we go, I wanted to thank the uh, one patron we had, whose name is Robert. Thank you, Robert, for... Uh, um, Cheers. Patreon.com slash carnies is how you can uh, support us and then join the Discord uh, to chat a little bit about whatever you want to chat and... I'll uh, I'll take my uh, deck pictures soon enough for both events and I'll post them there for sure. And uh, yeah, this is definitely something I like to see. I, I like to do a lot, you know. My my. Yeah, I mean, the we can call for the deck picture. To be fair, so we'll definitely yeah. have them on the Discord at least. Yeah, for sure. Remember, Antvir, the you have to take the deck pictures when there's natural sun. Well, you have to remember so, me to do that. That's tomorrow, yeah. for example. Okay. <laughs> morning, evening. I'm uh, sorry, morning, like after lunch, you, you right. make the deck and then you take a picture. Don't, I will do, don't it. do it at night because then it's like non natural night, bad glare, bad picture. MTG you know, Cosmetics. Need to be all, now we know. You know yeah, the they need to be all picture. very visible. Yeah, they need to be all very visible and they need, you need to, you know, have natural light. <laughs> okay, now we know how to take the pictures. Uh, I think it's time to go. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. <laughs> Cheers.